This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the Lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And thank you for spending your Memorial Day weekend with yours truly here on the State of the Saints podcast. But Who That Nation, this is a special show. Uh, We know that it is a Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. It's the a day that we honor the troops and we honor those that, you know, paid the ultimate sacrifice. And for those that, you know, that don't know, um, I do have a brother uh, who served uh, in the United States Army. He did three tours of Iraq and Afghanistan, a true American hero in my book. 
and he's going to be joining me as the guest host here on the State of the Saints podcast and talking about my big bro, Sam Jones. What's going on, Sam? How you doing, man? Hey, how you doing today, man? Hey, man, thank you so much for being a part of the show, man. Thank you so much for your service and everything that you've done, man. And uh, just let everybody know a little something about you, man, uh, you know, and, and the time that you spent in the military. Uh, I joined the military when I was uh, younger. Uh, got a chance to do three tours in Iraq. Uh, it wasn't a learning experience. Uh, I'm grateful. Um, it taught me some life lessons and there's things, you know, that I learned from the military I still use to this day. Yeah, man, no doubt about it, man. Thank you once again for your service. And uh, you already know I love you, big bro. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. You ready to talk some Saints football, man? Yes, sir. All right, man. Now, now we, we talk off the air a lot about this Saints football thing. Now, now you, the who that nation, they ready, man. You got to bring it. <laughs> okay, man. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> All right, man. Sound good to me, man. But uh, on this edition, we're going to be talking about Zach Bond. Uh, Zach Bond, the linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. Of course, we know he was drafted last year uh, in last year's draft, the 2020 draft. He was one of those players out of those uh, draft picks that really didn't see much of the field. So we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about him. And can he turn a corner uh, going into his second season? Of course, uh, we know that linebacker is a real issue, uh, Sam, for uh, the New Orleans Saints this season. We know about Quan Alexander, who played really big last season. He tore his Achilles course he was a little bit too rich for the saints blood so they couldn't bring him back uh but they still have the mario davis uh they got pete warner the rookie out of ohio state but there's still a couple of missing pieces of, of that linebacker corps so uh sam my, my my question is to you uh what do you think about zach bond and do you think that he will be a little bit better going into his second season i definitely do think that uh he will be better going into his second season. I mean, maybe he just didn't get the playing time because mm -hmm. there were, you know, more experienced linebackers there. But, I mean, it was a good opportunity for him to sit behind some more experienced guys and learn, you know, the game of football. And, I mean, if you look at this guy's film, I mean, he did great at the combine. I mean, mm -hmm. he seems like a super strong, super tough guy. He seems like a good competitor. And I think that, you know, the Saints could really use somebody like that. I think it'll translate good out there on the football field if he's given the opportunity. Yeah, man. I mean, look, he played on special teams, but when you're a third round pick and, and according to pro football focus, you're ranked pretty high. Like I can I can name two guys that he was ranked higher than when it comes to analytics. Patrick Queen uh, from LSU, who played for the Baltimore Ravens and also uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, who ended up going to the Los Angeles Chargers. And these are two guys that were on the Saints radar. A lot of Saints fans, of course, you know, they got the LSU tied. Of course, they wanted Patrick Queen. But Kenny Murray coming out of Oklahoma was definitely uh, one of those guys that the Saints, well, not the Saints, but Saints fans actually wanted. And when you look at Zach Bond, I mean, playing on special teams, that, that can't be enough, right, Sam? Uh, I mean, I think it can. I mean, look at people like Taysom Hill. I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, look at the impact that he makes in multiple positions on the team. So, I mean, right. every every chance you get to get out there on the field and, you know, tackle somebody is a good chance to learn. You get what I'm saying? So right. I think that, you know, if he's given an opportunity, I think he'll do pretty good. Right. Well, I think he will. Um, the only issue is um, when he was on the field, um, it was very it was very minimal. But when he was on the field, uh, it, it was mostly on third down. And, you know, there was doing like blitz packages and what they call the NASCAR package when they have the defensive lineman rush the quarterback. But that's what he played in college. And, you know, he was a guy that put his hand on the ground and rushed the quarterback. He wasn't a, a linebacker that stood up and tried to, you know, go up against the tight ends and try to make sure the running backs wasn't catching the ball. 
I mean, so it seems like the Saints were trying to change the way this guy plays football. And I feel like that was a mistake. And and I think also it was really unfair uh, to Zagmon, you know, because a lot of Saints fans probably expected him to play right away because, you know, you get drafted like that. You're a linebacker. They expect for you to have a certain skill set. And his skill set, the way that he played at Wisconsin, just did not equate to what the Saints actually wanted him to do as a starter. So I'm willing to get this guy an opportunity to see what he can do in year two and um, see if he can actually uh, hit the field. He's, he's an extremely smart player. Uh, he, he's been a leader on that defense at Wisconsin. Uh, I think some special teams experience him being on the field uh, can kind of help him as far as slow, the game slowing down for him. And um, it, it should be interesting because they definitely need him, man. You know, you you got guys like Pete Warner who come in, pretty sure he's going to play well. You got Demario Davis always in that all pro uh, category, but definitely going to need some some help from Zach Bond uh, coming into his second season, man. I mean, he, he's a veteran now, so there's no more excuses. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, EJ uh, Jones, my other my other big brother. Uh, what's going on, EJ? What's up? Back for the first time again. <laughs> all the uh, uh, technical difficulties. Nah, man, it's all good. It's all good, man. I, I appreciate you being here. Got both of my brothers here, man. This is special to me, man. Anytime I have my, my two big brothers here talking football, I mean, Saints football. And, and look, <laughs> look, I know the State of Saints podcast, but let's talk a little bit, man, about us growing up and, um, you know, being Saints fans. I mean, of course, we always mention – I always mention grandmama, you know, I always mention grandmama, who's a, a big time Saints fan. Uh, you know, I can just remember us sitting on the den floor, you know, listening to Saints games when they were blacked out and having an opportunity to watch some of those Saints games, man. What, what do you like? Take take us back, man. Take some of the who that nation back to those days, man, on Montague Street in the Ninth Ward uh, when we were sitting on grandma's floor watching New Orleans Saints. I'll start with you, Sam. Uh, a lot of disappointing days. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the beginning, you know, it was some rough years to get through. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, it just seemed like we never had the right pieces at one time to be able to actually be able to have a good team. And it was always just like so close. And, you know, we always got that one good player because the team was always so bad. So we always got a great draft pick, but uh, yeah. it didn't do much of a difference. Not for a long time. But uh, thank you, God, for Drew Brees and the way he turned, <laughs> turned that place around. <laughs> That's about all I can say. <laughs> yeah. E, uh, what, what do you think about, man, those, those memories, man, uh, chilling on Montague Street, uh, you know, coming from church, you know, because we always used to catch the second half, man. You know, grand, granddaddy being a preacher, you know, we always in church every Sunday, man. I mean, walk, a, walk us through that, man. What, what was those Sundays like for you? Well, <clears throat> Oh, grandma and granddaddy not watching, but I used to always duck out. <laughs> I used to duck out for church or whatever, like before it was over, so I could catch before halftime. You'd be so so uh, disappointed when you get home and the Saints down by like what twenty four to nothing, or twenty four to three, or something like that, <laughs> or, or worse. Mm. So you know that's what I remember about it. I mean, you yeah. coming home, listening to the radio on the way home. I mean, on the way. To the house, right, or at church, right. I mean, you don't hear me say that, but uh, <laughs> you ducking out all that church trying to listen to them on the radio, and they losing. So that's all I remember. I mean, walking home, the walks home, coming home, hey, this dude's losing again. You just you'll be happy when they have a three o'clock game because 
I mean, you get a chance to see the game, but that ain't no better. <laughs> you wind up getting blowing that game too a lot of the time. Yeah, man. I mean, but you, you think about your childhood, and then you fast forward to adulthood, and you had an opportunity to watch the Saints uh, be successful, man. To watch them win more games than you probably you know could count when you was a kid. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like so to watch uh, Drew Brees. And I haven't got your opinion on this. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you're here. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you all about this, man. Uh, Sam, you alluded to Drew Brees. You said thank God for Drew Brees. But as a Saints fan, man, what did Drew Brees mean to you? Uh, it meant a change for the, for the city. I think for Drew Brees, it was a second chance to, you know, mm-hmm. revive his career. A lot right. of people had given up on him, and it was kind of the same way with New Orleans. You know, after Katrina, a lot of people gave up on the city. They were uncertain about it. And I think that that's what kind of motivated Drew because, you know, a lot of people gave up on him. It's like a lot of people gave up on New Orleans. And, you know, he brought hope to the city. Yeah. And I think that was the main catalyst that cat- that catapulted the Saints to where they are now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, before that point, uh, they were not the same football team. They weren't – they were they, they were good. They had always had, you know, some good pieces, but never the right coaching and the right – I don't know. They just – it never meshed well until Sean got there and Drew got there and it – kind of just turned everything around yeah no doubt man i mean i, I appreciate everything uh that the, uh, drew Brees done uh for the city of new orleans eo uh, what, what did drew Brees mean to you i mean winning that's something the saints never had um <laughs> i mean their whole reputation was, was losing right. i mean he was famous for putting swagman and winning dixie bags over our head just to watch a game because we was too embarrassed because we didn't want nobody else to see us at the game watching the game and this was just us at home yeah so i mean that's how bad it was before then i mean we didn't have much of a a, a much of a history right and our, our best player was archie manning and more than mm. that's a kicker <laughs> and, a, and a and a quarterback who got sacked a, a record amount of times so before that we didn't really have nothing to hang our hat on so yeah and he brought a winning i would say showing payton Probably was the best thing that ever happened to the Saints over Drew Brees, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because without Sean Payton, you probably wouldn't have a Drew Brees in New Orleans. I mean, mm-hmm. exactly. if the Dolphins didn't pass on him, if, if Nick Saban them didn't pass on him, you know, he might be in the Hall of Fame for the Dolphins or something like that. We might have, and we might be like the Bengals, still looking for a quarterback or something like that. So I mean, yeah. know, so I think Sean Payton probably is one of the greatest acquisitions the Saints ever had, in my opinion. Oh man, look look at E being messy. Okay, now you about to now you about to get a poll going. Like who who is the most important uh you know member for the Saints franchise? Was it Drew Brees or was it Sean Payton? That's the question of the night. Thank you, EJ. What's the the question of the night is who was the most important asset? Was it Drew Brees or was it Sean Payton? Make sure you send your comment down below. Uh first off, I want to thank Cass uh for donating five dollars. Thank you so much, man. He's also a supporter of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for being a monthly supporter, Cass. Uh, we're about to answer some of these questions, guys. Y'all ready to answer some of these questions from the Who That Nation? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Let's go. Okay, we're going to start with Primetime. Primetime said, what up, TJ? I think being a Saints fan is an emotional roller coaster. How do you feel about these last four years? Uh, Me personally, uh, look, it, it, ended, it ends with disappointment, but at least – they winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like we're the Bengals or the Jets or something like that. They're actually winning football games. Now, some people can make the argument 
the more they win, the the more hurtful those playoff losses are versus if they were actually losing or, you know, on the bubble and they just win a game to get to the playoffs and then you lose and be like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? They fought to get in the playoffs. You, I mean, it, it, it really, I guess you can pick it any way you want to. But as for me, um, I'm just glad that they actually have a winning culture. Uh, I think that they could actually get over that hump. And the reason why I say that is because, you look at teams like the Falcons, right, who lost, get, uh, gave up a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, and they really been on a downward spiral ever since. But the Saints, after that Minneapolis miracle they made the playoffs, uh, after that controversial no-call they made the playoffs, after the disappointment uh, against uh, Minnesota, they still made the playoffs, lost to the Bucs. I mean, but they, they continuously, you know, go out there and they, they play with everything that they have. So – uh, yes, it is disappointing because you expect for them to get over the hump, but it could be a lot worse. Uh, e, what, what do you think about that, man? Four years, a lot of games won in a regular season, very little postseason success. What do you think about that? I mean, I guess it's cause for uh, get a lot of Saints fans uh, fought, spoiled mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I mean, back in my day, I mean, back when we was younger, uh, mm-hmm. We didn't have successes like this. I mean, right. when no way in the world you could predict the Saints going thirteen and three, mm-hmm. or twelve and four, or something like that, number one or number two seed or something like that. Somebody would have laughed at you. You would have told you told you back in '96 the Saints was going to be a twelve and four team with a number one seed or number two seed going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have took that. Hell, we would have took nine and seven with a number three seed. I mean, we wouldn't have cared. But uh, yeah, it is a uh, emotional. Uh, we are we are an emotional team, uh, and these wins, I mean, they kind of like gut punches. To be honest with you, I mean, you can't really watch these sports shows because they they always predict the Saints to win. Some do, most of them. I would say most of them do. Some of them don't. But uh, yeah, it, it's gut check when they lose these games. So it, it's it, it's it's a like. And I know that Tampa Bay game. I watched that. It's almost like you watch somebody falling off a building and you couldn't do nothing to stop. They usually try to stop. Go back, go back. You couldn't do nothing to stop it, but they just fell off that cliff. Yeah, I mean, definitely, man. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that, man? Four years, uh, winning a lot of regular season games, uh, and only to lose in the playoffs. Well, I'll say this, TJ. Uh, being a Saints fan, uh, and I hate to say it, but to be honest, you kind of get used to, you know, disappointment. You know, it's always <laughs> that in the back of your mind, you know, it's always sitting there because, I mean, it's, I mean, the regular season wins are great. It's when you get to the playoffs, you know what I mean? It's kind of back to that same disappointment. I mean, don't get me wrong, making the playoffs every year is great. But, I mean, if you can't get past that hump and you can't put you know, get some championships, then, you know, what? Are, what is all the hard work for at the end of the day? Right. And um, I just think that uh, I don't know. It's been a lot of disappointments. It's like it's always in the back of your mind, even when the Saints are on top. Like, man, I hope they don't, you know, bobble this or, you know, muck this up. And then, you know, they lose the game. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, look, there's a level there's a level of optimism every single year because the thing about it is they, they're winning. You know, like that that's the that's the thing about it. Like if, if they were like barely making it, then, you know, I'll be like, OK, you know, but I don't know, man. I guess it's just the fact that I've watched this team my entire life and i watched like some of the most disappointing moments 
And it, is, it was times where we knew for a fact they weren't going to make the playoffs. And the fact that they're actually making the playoffs is a plus. And, you know, I just feel like there are just a few things that they just don't do. You know, like I just feel like they, you know, in the playoffs, they get a little bit too conservative. I'm, I'm just interested to see how they're going to plan out this year. You know, I, I expect them to be a little bit more of a high-powered offense than they were in the years prior, you know, because – because of James, you know, because of his ability to get the ball down the field. Now you might see some some errors because, of course, you know, Drew Brees is special, but I think you might see something a little bit different. You know, I think sometimes you, you need that type of stuff, man. It's almost like, you know, I'm not comparing these two quarterbacks, but it's almost like with, with Alex Smith being a quarterback of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes being a quarterback of the Chiefs. You know, like you had the guy who was ultra conservative. Yeah, he was winning games. But when it comes to like going to the postseason, he couldn't take that extra step versus a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who can do a little bit more than Alex Smith at that particular time. So I think that, you know, with, with Jameis, he might be able to help them uh, get over that hump. Because, I mean, you think about like it's not like the Saints were just getting blown out in the postseason. It seems like they always, you know, make a play, but they can't capitalize on that play. Like you think about the Mario Davis catching that pick, right? And um, Dan Arnold missing that missing missing that catch in the back of the end zone. You know what I'm saying? That could that that could have easily been a 14 to nothing versus a 10 to nothing swing. So plays like that, I feel like you know prohibit the Saints from reaching that true potential. But I'd rather them be winning games than be sitting over here like yeah, you know, like I know they're gonna lose like we used to back in the 90s. Lewis yeah. says I. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis says, I live in San Diego. Uh, before Katrina, Breeze was above average quarterback at best in San Diego. Peyton transformed Breeze. Now, that, that's some validity behind this, man. Let, let's talk about this for a second. Now, I'll start with you, Sam. All right. Now, you look at Drew Breeze, right? Like, yeah. uh, like Lewis just alluded to. Drew Breeze out in San Diego was not the Drew Breeze that we have grown to love here in New Orleans. You know, Drew Brees got benched one time by Marty Schottenheimer. And there's a reason why Phillip Rivers ended up getting drafted that early in the draft because they didn't believe that Drew Brees was the guy. You look at Drew Brees, uh, you look at uh, you look at Teddy Bridgewater, you even look at Taysom Hill last season. He only lost one game as a starter. So is there some validity behind Sean Payton being the true mastermind behind the Drew Brees success train? I think so. I, I, I truly believe so. I mean, he's an outstanding coach. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that with his schemes and, uh, you know, the, the way he, he comes up with his game plans, right. uh, I think that his goals are clear. And I think that he'll play to the strengths of any quarterback if given the opportunity. With enough time, I believe, with the right coaching, you can make him a winner. And uh, Sean Payton definitely has a history of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do, man. I mean, you look at Teddy Bridgewater, man, five and zero. Uh, you know, Taysom Hill, three and one. Uh, even Luke McCown back in the day. I was talking to uh Stan Verrett the other day. Uh, y'all, y'all check that out if y'all didn't see the interview. I interviewed Stan Verrett, and um, you know, I was talking to him about Luke McCown. Like when Luke McCown came in, played against the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he threw for three hundred yards, man, and and it was just an incredible interception by Josh Norman. I mean, he had Brandon Cooks in the back of the end zone for that touchdown. But Josh Norman, I mean, he just made an incredible play. So it just seems like to me, every time Sean Payton has to go to, you know, another quarterback, that guy always finds success. So 
Yo, E, what do you think about that, man? Uh, Sean Payton, uh, you know, it, should we give him more credit as a coach than, than people, you know, really give him? I think Sean Payton probably the best coach in the league. I mean, I mean, you can go down and listen and say Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can go say, you know, some other people, Belichick. Right. I think you're the best player. In the, I, I think you're the best coach in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see what he's done with the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you see what he's done without Drew Brees. And you brought on Marty Schoenheimer. He's like the king of the conservatives. So Drew mm-hmm. Brees was never going to have, like, you know, big numbers in, in San Diego. Right. I mean, right. around that offense or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a Damian Tomlinson and all of that. But he wasn't going to have, like, no monster numbers in San Diego. That's mm-hmm. why Marty Schoenheimer mm-hmm. really could never get to the Super Bowl. I mean, with Cleveland, with the Chiefs. I mean, you put him with somebody like a Sean Payton, now you're putting up Madden numbers. I mean, so I think Sean Payton, yeah, he, he don't get enough credit for how good Drew Brees is. Maybe when he retired, he'll start to get that credit, not only from, uh, I guess, the regional people down here in New Orleans, but, I mean, nationwide, the whole NFL, I think. Well, I, I think that – I think when you look at it, it it's about – it's about can you win without the guy that everybody can join your success with. For example, like Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Tom Brady proved that he can win without Bill Belichick, right? They just won a Super Bowl out there in Tampa. So I think that what Sean Payton is going to have to do, even though, I mean, it's, it's totally unfair when you think about it. But what he has to do, he has to win and generate success without Drew. And if he does that, I feel like people are going to give him more credit as a head coach uh, than they give him right now. Because when you when you hear people talk about it, it's like Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Right. You know, like they kind of put them together. And I, I think that because of Drew Brees, people don't look at Sean Payton as being a really good coach or give him the credit as being as good as he is. Um, that, That's just my honest opinion. Uh, Ann says, I've been watching this uh for a long time before I subscribe. Well, I thank you so much, Anna, for subscribing to the channel. Really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Cass says, is Jameis the hope? Are we looking at Aaron Brooks, same size as James, same number, just pays and hop. Uh, he doesn't have those bloopers. Okay, so uh, the comparison, Aaron Brooks, Jameis Winston. Uh, e, uh, do you see any similarities with Jameis Winston and Aaron Brooks besides the I number? Mean, <laughs> we, we, we quick the clown on Aaron Brooks, but, I mean, in all seriousness, Aaron Brooks did win our first playoff game. Yeah, Even though true. Willie Jackson clowned in that game. I mean, yeah. that's like the first playoff game the Saints ever won. Like right. in the 40 or 50 something years during that time or whatever. Right. So I didn't like the way he left New Orleans, though. I mean, with the, the uproar and everything he caused, he was just ready to go. He could blame that on frustration from Katrina. Right. I don't know. Right. Uh, I think he a bit more talented than Aaron Brooks. I think he got a bigger arm than Aaron Brooks. Um I think they got more talent around him than Aaron Brooks had when he was in New Orleans. I can say that. Mm. Defense was pretty good for New Orleans when they, when Aaron Brooks was playing with him. But uh, I think overall talent, I think uh, Winston, blessed with more talent than Aaron Brooks had when he was playing. Mm. Sam, what do you think about that comparison? Jameis Winston, Aaron Brooks, what do you think about that? How dare you, sir? <laughs> no way can you compare Jameis Winston to Aaron Brooks. I mean, I think that Jameis Winston college film is better than everything that I saw in Aaron Brooks' whole NFL career, and I don't want to say that. 
uh, in a negative way. I'm just saying he wasn't a very good quarterback. Not that I remember, you know. I but I mean, I have. Oh, those- watch yourself now, man, because you know they're gonna they're gonna have those uh, members of the Who That Nation gonna be in my inbox crying. How oh, dare you talk about your brother talking well, about Eric Brooks, man, <laughs> man? Like, come on. <laughs> well, to my defense, I mean, I, I call those my Black Saints years. You know what? Where the games were so bad that you don't really want to watch the whole thing. You know, you'll watch a little bit of it and just walk away from it and come back later and see the score. But yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> I say, uh, yeah, man. But I definitely think that Jameis is a little bit more talented. I think he's more mobile. I think he's yeah. a faster quarterback. I think he's a little bit more accurate. And like like EJ was saying, I think he has a bigger arm. So I think he's a better quarterback all all the way around. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do too, man. I, I mean, I like Jameis. You know, what I'm saying like I'm, I'm a Jameis. I'm a Jameis Winston fan. Uh, I'm I'm I'm. I'm an advocate uh, for Jameis Winston, his resurgence. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I really feel like he's doing all the right things. Now, uh, do, can can that equate to success on the field? It remains to be seen. But I'm rooting for him because, I mean, look, and I, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's completely asinine that anybody would want to wish any type of, uh, you know, ill will or or for this guy not to have success. Like, that's, that's just absolutely res- – ridiculous like why wouldn't you like if this guy is successful that means that the team is going to be successful so of course i want him to be successful and i'm, I'm rooting for him i'm rooting for Taysom. i'm rooting for anybody that's under center at the start of the 2021 season i but I, I don't see any similarities besides the number out of those two guys and, and also of course the pretty the pretty much the obvious they both black that's about it all right that's, that's about all i see uh dalton says uh losing uh to the buccaneers was most heartbreaking um yeah i mean look all playoff losses are heartbreaking especially when you know the saints are equipped to actually beat that team and i i think a lot of members of the who that nation um guys uh, are upset about that whole playoff thing because we actually seen the saints beat the buccaneers in week one blow them out in week nine only to lose to them like in a superdome. So I, I mean, I look, I don't know if that was the most heartbreaking. Like, okay, over the last four years, let, let's let's do this, guys. So I'll start with you, E. Over the last four years, what what playoff loss was the most heartbreaking to you? That Rams game. I'm mm. st- I still ain't got over that one. Mm. <laughs> I know everybody hey, ain't never gonna get open. And no, that mm. Rams game, they that was the Saints, I mean, they still had a chance to win the game after the call. But I mean that Rams game. That was, that was like, Ugh. yeah, that was the right in the heart. heart. Oh yes, sir. Yes, Sam. What about you, man? Uh, out of these four years, what do you what do you think? Where's loss? This game that I never want to think about in my life. Uh, what was it? Uh, Thirty. What was it? Like thirty three seconds left in the game. And uh, oh, you talking about Vikings game? Yeah, man. I so like 10 seconds in the game, 10, 10 yeah, seconds left. I mean, 10. just just simply, I mean, just drop everybody you have back there. I mean, put the kicker back there, the punter. I mean, that's fundamental. That's like, you know, kids football, you know, just everybody go up for the ball and just make sure he don't catch it. That was, right. I mean, that was it. That's all. The game was pretty much over with. And I was right. like, man, it was just, I mean, that was the most devastating playoff loss for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was hurtful. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with 2018, though, because of what it meant. You know, like – Look, it was the like I understand the the whole con- the uh, Minneapolis miracle, but that was in a divisional round. Here we are, like a few ticks left, going to the Super Bowl, going to the Super Bowl, man. And, and 
and they didn't call that man. I mean, that was that was the most heartbreaking to me. Like I can like, because, <laughs> because to me, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. That 2017 uh football season, the Vikings were a better team than the Saints that entire season. Like, I'm just being serious. The, the defense was better, the offense, you know what I'm saying, of the of the Vikings was better. Uh, you know, like they they played really, really good. Uh, the Saints were like a really young team. Like that's what Lattimore rookie season, Marcus Williams rookie season, Alvin Kamara rookie season. So you had like a lot of young guys on that team. And to me, that's when they went on that. I think they went on like an eight game winning streak or something like that. And I mean, they got like red hot towards the end of the season. But to me, the Vikings were a better football team. And the fact that the Saints would have got out of Minneapolis with a with a victory, a lot of people would have called that an upset. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I to me, 2018, I really honestly strongly feel, fellas, that that was the best Saints team ever. Like, seriously. Like, I, I think that team was better than the team that won the Super Bowl. Because if you look at it in hindsight, they should have went to the Super Bowl. Like, seriously. That team was good, man. I, I, feel, I felt that team could have beat – they would have beat the Patriots, in my opinion. They would have beat them. You know, I think that – the. That that Super Bowl was boring as hell. I never watched it. I don't know. Have y'all ever watched that Super Bowl? Nope. Ram, nope. Rams, Rams, Patriots. Never seen that Super Bowl. When they gave never that game it. away, I know I wouldn't watch it. There never no seen it. That. Never seen it. I never seen that game. So I think the Saints would have did a better job, and I guarantee you they would have scored more than the points than the Rams scored in the game. They scored like three or ten. I don't yeah. know. Probably like ten or three or some crap. Yeah, man. It was, oh. I mean, a straight snooze fest. Uh, Terrence says TJ. Uh, we'll have to give uh, me my credit when Taysom Hill becomes a superstar quarterback this season. Never seen it coming. Uh, Terrence, I definitely will give you your credit if uh, Taysom Hill becomes a superstar quarterback. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see that happening. OK, I, I'm going to see that happening. I don't see him being a starting quarterback and I don't see him being a superstar. I feel like that, in my opinion, that's wishful thinking. But I don't know. Maybe I'm in a league all by myself. Sam, what do you think about Taysom Hill? You think he's going to be the starting quarterback this season? Uh, uh, TJ, I said the same thing that you said when you answered that question. I don't see it being any kind of way possible Taysom Hill start the game. I mean, barring James having an off-the-field issue or something like that, I think that clearly he's a he's an actual quarterback. He's a pocket passer. Taysom Hill is kind of like that Swiss Army knife guy that you can use for a lot of different positions, but to stand back there and take, you know, 30, 40 snaps, I don't I don't see him being that guy. I, I, nope. I don't see him being able to complete that many passes. His accuracy is not the same. I don't I don't think it I don't think that's going to happen. So what you're saying is uh basically So that's basically what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I think that pretty much right there. Okay, okay. All right. E, what do you think about that, man? What do you think about uh, Taysom Hill? Do you think he's going to be the starting quarterback? Man, look, if uh, whoever gets the Saints to the playoffs, and with this roster of people that is a playoff roster, in my opinion, if he winds up being a superstar quarterback, there a lot of of people out here think he can be, so be it. My only uh, dilemma is, They's paying him, I want to say, how many dollars? 15 million, something like that. I don't know. I want to say, I want to say 12, 12 million. Okay, 12 million. He's the backup quarterback or starting quarterback or whatever. Say Jameis Winston gets the job. He's the backup quarterback, right? 
So, uh, yeah, what's going to happen with all those plays that he ran last year? Would he want as many of those plays as he did last year, knowing now that he's going to be the backup quarterback? I mean, maybe that's a fool for thought, but I would just wonder how that's going to be. I mean, he's running all these gadget plays and all of this, but he's the backup quarterback now. So, say if he knock on wood hurt himself. I mean, who's your backup quarterback then? That's the only dilemma, you know, that I have about all of this. Well, I, I look at it like a similar situation. Well, I, I look at it like, for example, the same way how it was in San Francisco. You had when Drew Brees uh, went out the game when he uh, broke his ribs. You had Jameis coming to the game. You had Jameis as the backup quarterback because Taysom can continue to run his Swiss Army night type plays that you already had together during a week. That is why I feel like somebody like Ian Book, they're in the best situation ever. Because in in an emergency situation, most likely nine times out of ten, if he plays up the snuff, Ian Book is going to be the backup quarterback in, in, in game situations, not Taysom Hill. And then the next week probably is going to be Taysom Hill. So I think, like, if something was to happen to Jameis, Ian is going to finish up the game. That way Taysom can finish up his Swiss Army knife role. And then the, probably the following week, Taysom is going to come in and be that backup. That's that's the way I see it. So Ian Book, to me, like, Ian Book, to me, is in a, a winning situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, basically, you're the third string. Well, basically, you're the, you're the, you're the second string masquerading as a third string. So that, that's a good situation to be in, to be a rookie, in, in my opinion. Uh, I, I mean, I, that's that's the way I think about it. But I don't know, man. As far as Taysom Hill, like people just think that I don't like Taysom Hill. Man, I'm just saying, man. I'm just being realistic. There was nothing about Taysom Hill that I just seen that just knocked my socks off. Like, at, at, like I just I just look at him throwing a football down the field. I look at him making plays, him making uh, decisions. I mean, there's just nothing really that knocked my socks off. I'm, I'm just being dead serious. Like, it's nothing against him. About, uh, here's my thing about Taysom Hill. I like what they had him do the, the last two years. The gadget Me plays too. when he lined up as tight end, wide receiver, running back, doing stuff like that. I mean, I like the way – I like what he does. I think – actually, I think he could do more with Winston as the quarterback than with Drew Brees because of Drew Brees' uh, on script just, you know, being shot or whatever. The one thing about Jameis Winston, he could throw the, he could throw the hell out of that ball. He could throw the ball sixty yards easy. So I think when Taysom can get open, when Harris can get open, when Trey Corn Smith can get like 40, 50 yards down the field, now I feel like they actually have somebody that can strike the ball deep. They didn't have that the last, I will say, the last two years with Drew Brees. So I think that's a plus. Yeah, uh, me too. We got here, we, Alfred says, I'm willing to do a friendly bet on lunch, TJ, that Ian Book will be the starter this year, at least after week five, and will take us to the playoffs. Look, I bet you two lunches that that dude don't play. <laughs> I bet you two lunches that Ian Book ain't going to be the starting quarterback. Wow. I bet you two. I bet you two lunches. This dude is not – like, I don't, look, I get it. Look, I get it, bro. Like, I get it. We all love that shiny new toy. We love that guy that's the, the mystery guy, the guy that nobody ever seen do anything on a, on a professional level. We love those type of guys. We love them. But let's just be realistic about this, man. Ian Book is not better than Jameis Winston, and at this point in his career, he's not better than Taysom Hill. 
Like, if we're talking about with Taysom, like, I'd rather have Taysom Hill on the field than Ian Book. I mean, I'm just being serious. Like, the dude, dude, like, no, dude, ain't, dude is not better than Taysom or James. That, I mean, that's just my, my honest opinion. That's like, I don't care. Yeah. That's, that's a Shawn Michaels, uh, Razor Ramon ladder match for the Intercontinental Belt reach right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, I've seen Ian Book at Notre Dame, and I can tell you right now, that boy ain't ready for prime time yet. Man, I no. mean, no. he, he not. I mean, he'll look like old boy from Denver if he got up in there just so, uh, kind of early. And I, I know they don't want that. But yeah. the Saints offensive line, one of the best in the league, I don't see that happening or whatever. I mean, no. we, we can't predict the one with Drew Brees or whatever. But, uh, nah, no, no, who? I don't see it. He ain't ready. Nope. Ian Book, Sam, what do you think about that? I think it looks great on film, but I think he needs time to mature. Uh, just like EJ was saying, you know, sit down and learn from those older guys. You know, get some coaching. And then, you know, maybe he'll be up to snuff. But as far as being ready for it yet, I don't think he's ready for it yet. I don't think he's ready for prime time. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I encourage everybody to go back and check. There's plenty of film on him because he had the opportunity to play at Notre Dame. A lot of NBC games. Go and check it out. Notre Dame, year after year, for the exception of the University of Wisconsin, Notre Dame always has one of the best offensive lines in football. This guy had one of the best offensive lines in football played a pro-style offense, had all day to deliver a ball, and he still was inaccurate in some situations. When I look at guys like that, night, I don't really judge you based on, you know, you running out of pocket, you under duress and stuff like that, plays break down. You know, like, that's exciting. But the two things that I look at when I'm looking at a quarterback, can you read through your progressions, number one, and number two, like when you have time, can you deliver the football with accuracy, pinpoint accuracy? And he he struggled, man. It, it, it came and went. And that's one of the reasons why I'm saying that I don't see him being a first year starter. Like I just if we're talking about two and three years, then maybe he could probably come in. But to say that this guy is going to be the future. And I know why people are saying this. I know why. Number one is because the dude the same height as Drew Brees. People getting all crazy because he got a burnt mark by his eye, just like Drew Brees. And everybody just looking at it like, oh, man, he went to Notre Dame. He a winner. Look, Tim Tebow was a winner. Chris Leak was a winner. Who else can I name? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Look, uh, Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was a winner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that, don't mean, that, don't, that don't mean that you can play on a professional level. Chase Daniel was a winner. If we want to be honest. Cole I mean, McCoy. Missouri Missouri was the number one team in the nation when uh, – when he was there, I mean, yep. come on, man. Like, that's what we fall in love with the shiny new toy, but we really need to start looking at what these guys can actually do. And to me, no disrespect, I like Ian Book. I really do, man. I'm glad that he's with the Saints. I like, I think he's a, a leader. I think that he's tough. But to say that this guy's a first year starter, I just think that's wishful thinking. I, I don't see that. I, I don't. I, I really don't. Uh, Bucks won because I can tell it was Drew last game. Next up is the Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, I mean, I can see why people would think that uh, you know, that Bucks game was a little bit hurtful because it was Drew Brees' last game. I'm gonna stroll down a little bit, fellas. Let's see. Let's go with let's go with uh Mocha Mocha says your OG giving a shout out to Jerry Poor. 
Mocha says you good, bro. They're giving a look, they're having a little conversation down there in the chat. What's going on, Mocha? Dwight says they need Taysom Hill to be the multitasker. I agree, man. I, I, I say this all the time on the show, fellas, that Taysom Hill hit in his position. I mean, he's in the best spot in the world. How many backup quarterbacks can truly say that I don't have to be the starting quarterback and I still get opportunity to play? I mean, seriously, you can't beat this with a stick for you to say, okay, I, I wasn't a back. I was a backup quarterback, but I still had an opportunity to play the game of football. Sam, what do you think about that, man? Do you think he's in a, a really good position or, or do you think that, you know, he should be trying to go after that starting quarterback position? I think he's in a really good position because I mean, Anybody with common sense to know that that's, that's going to be Jameis Winston's job. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy, you know, that, that didn't have, you know, a great season, but has proved that he can be an NFL quarterback. You know, right. then you have a guy like Taysom Hill, you know, ahead of you who, you know, has proven that he can at least start an NFL game. You know, so to think that you're going to come, you know, right out of college. And we're not talking about a Patrick Mahomes type, you know, uh, guy. You know, right. coming out of college that, you know, been all hyped up or something like that. He's, right. you know, kind of like, I mean, just an above average quarterback that with the correct coaching, you know, can, can you know, maybe progress into, you know, that passer that you want to be, you know, years down the line. But he's not ready for it yet. I think he needs time to develop. Right. Yeah. I'm, look, I just feel like he's in a best, he's just in the best spot, man. He's in the best spot uh, that he's going to be in. Uh, that, that's just my honest opinion. You're not going to get, no better than that. You 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 just not. You know, like unless you about to go out here and just be a starter, multi time MVP, first team All Pro, you can't get in a better position. You know, like I say you're a backup quarterback, but yet you still have opportunities to play. Like, come on, man, that's the best thing ever. Watch me now. Says the pathetic performance of the Rams made me feel worse about the Saints being screwed out of their Super Bowl performance. Uh. I didn't see it, so I mean, I, I I can't tell you which way or another how I feel about that. I I, I really don't. Uh, if you ask me, you know, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Um, I look at that as being like a a business type thing, you know, like um, okay, they were a team that moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles, and Los Angeles is a you know a spot where they just got to, and they're trying to make it appealing to the Los Angeles market. So maybe by having them go to the Super Bowl, generate a level of excitement, create a fan base out there, maybe that'll help them, you know, and be able to sell some tickets, especially like in your Los Angeles, because you got so many things that you're competing with. I mean, Hollywood, uh, all these different shows and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they look at, OK, if we take this team and bring them up here, you know, maybe they'll be a little bit more successful. But I'm a conspiracy theorist. I mean, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I just find it funny that the San Diego Chargers and the St. Louis Rams couldn't buy a playoff spot. As soon as they moved to Los Angeles, both teams made the playoffs. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, 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 that's just weird to me. That's just weird. But, I mean, for every Los Angeles team, you can say, well, Vegas didn't make the playoffs. So, I guess it's you coming. can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, big who that from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Okay. Shouts out to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, home of uh, – well, I I don't promote what he did, you know, towards the end of his life, but it was the hometown of uh, Chris Benoit, uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Wrestler. Yeah, the Canadian crippler, you know what I'm saying? But 
Shouts out to Edmonton. He said either Jameis or Taysom is going to be excited to see a new look for the Saints. Yeah, man, I agree with that. I mean, it's interesting. He, I mean, for the first time in 15 years, uh, you know, we got a t- we got opportunity to see a quarterback that's not named Drew Brees. So it, it got to be pretty exciting, right? I mean, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, he knew this day was going to come. I mean, like when your kids get old and um, it's time for them to go off to college or whatever. I mean, he knew the day was going to come. But uh, aside from Drew Brees, I mean, they don't have too much else that's new on the offense, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, your most important position other than quarterback is your offensive line. And that line, I would want to say all five of those guys are back. You got a Camara that's coming back. You can have a hopefully a healthy, fingers crossed, a hopefully a healthy Michael Thomas. No. You don't yeah. have Cook. But, I mean, you got, a, you know, Adam Trotman that's coming in, I guess, with a lot of potential and everything. So, I mean, I mean, I, I would, with that, I would say you have maybe like 80, 85% of your offense coming yeah. back side of Drew Brees. So you just have to get along with all of that. But, I mean, everybody knew this day was coming anyway. So we right. just thought it was coming after 2018, 2017, 18, after the Saints <laughs> won or lost a Super Bowl. But, you know, like I said, we knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that, man, the quarterback competition this season? I don't believe that there is a quarterback competition this season. I believe that you go with Jameis because he's a clear and logical choice. Uh, I do believe that, you know, God forbid something happened to Jameis. You know, I think that Taysom would be that number two guy. But, you know, like I said, I think that, you know, it's not rocket science. You know, I think that, you you know, you go with the guy who has proved that he can be a starter, and I think that's Jameis. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of Saints fans that, that are Taysom Hill fans, uh, but I mean, I'm a, look. I, I just feel I have a strong feeling that James is going to be the starter. But I want to take this opportunity right now to acknowledge the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, uh, Manscaped. Uh, I want to thank Manscaped for uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 uh, that's available right now. Uh, Father's Day is just around the corner, and it would be a great Father's Day gift. Uh, you know manscaped.com uh over two million men prefer manscaped.com for all their grooming needs use the promo code state of saints that's all one word in lowercase letters state of saints and you will save 20 percent off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items no matter if you spend a hundred dollars or ten dollars use that promo code state of saints save 20 percent. thank you to the fine folks at manscaped being the official sponsor of state of the saints podcast and also i want to say to everybody out there go ahead and hit your boy with the author finds the rallies give me two thumbs up go ahead and hit that like button let everybody know you're enjoying the state of the saints podcast hit them with that a you know what i mean hey, hey. <laughs> i got that happy day song stuck in my head now thank you very hey. much for that. <laughs> hey <laughs> uh swag fan says ian ain't even close to holding uh saint james Sweat tile. Wow. Wow. You taking a little further right there. Say that boy ain't ready for prime time. That boy ain't even ready for 12 o'clock games in that matter, right? <laughs> well, we got training cam to prove it. I mean, that's what the starting spot gonna be. That's what it's gonna be had pretty much. That's who's gonna win it. I don't think it's just going to somebody. No. I mean, you got to win it in camp or whatever. Yeah. You don't have as many preseason games as you once had. So right. In the camp. Uh, exactly. For some reason. I got a feeling that Jameis will ball out this year. I can see him coming back on another one-year deal, helping the Saints with the cap situation, and then we sign him long-term. 
Mocha, thank you so much for the comment, man. I appreciate that. That's a good point, man. Uh, you know, a lot of people feel like Jameis Winston gonna turn a corner. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that? Jameis Winston balling out this season. Do you see that? Uh, I do see it as being a possibility. Uh, I think that you know, uh, Tampa Bay kind of left a sour taste in his mouth, and I believe that you know, New Orleans is giving him the opportunity for a kind of redemption. And mm -hmm. uh, he, the potential has always been there. I think he's just more focused now. I think he's in a lot better shape than he was in Tampa Bay. And True. I think that uh, I think he we're going to see a whole different James this year. Yeah. Uh, EJ, is he going to ball out? Or do you see that? I mean, I think it's uh, it's up for him too. everything the table set for him. Mm. I mean, you look at him in the locker room. He's doing a, eating a whatever, dancing with everybody. You know, that's the Saints M.O. right there with the scrub lights in the locker room. I mean, he got all the talent. I mean, you go back to Florida State, even with Tampa Bay, dude, a likable guy. Yeah. It's just that he got to cut down on a lot of those turnovers. And I think Sean Payton, I think he's going to put him in a lot of more uh, uh, positions for success than uh, than Bruce Aarons did or whatever. I mm -hmm. think he got a better running game. I think the offense just generally better. The offensive line is better. Uh, you know what I mean? The defense, is, he got a better overall team than what he had in Tampa Bay. And I think Sean Payton will put him in more positions to, to win. So, I mean, will he ball out? Yeah. Will he win MVP? Maybe not, but he don't have to on this team. I mean, yeah. like I said, we got a strong running back. We got a strong offensive line. I mean, just do your job. Throw the ball away if you don't see nothing open. Don't take no sack. Don't take no sacks. And, you know, just protect the football. And I think he'll be all right. Yeah, me too. All right. You got to live to fight another day. Uh, Q says there will be plays with book lined up at wide receiver and Taysom taking snaps at quarterback to fool the defense. E, you're shaking your head. You don't see that? No, nah, I don't <laughs> see that. I mean, a dude still, I mean, I, I, like I've seen Ian Book, I mean, no, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's the most athletic. They had him running at Notre Dame, but he's not the most athletic quarterback. Mm. Um, I, I don't see that, no. Ma'am, hmm. do you see uh, Ian Book and Taysom Hill being on the field at the same time? Yeah, only at practice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I agree. Yeah, I second the motion. That's why I see them uh, being on the field together uh, in any situation. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody going to have the ball, somebody going to have a Gatorade, like Tim doing. Exactly. <laughs> 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 man your boy's crazy and we'll move on jerry says uh that's when the treatment that's when the treatment creeps up believe me i don't know exactly i get i don't know exactly what it mean I, I know they got a buck fan in the chat i won't even acknowledge that on this night man it's good man, i got my brothers with me man i ain't i ain't entertain that food in this man in book needs to develop and stop throwing off that back foot um there's a lot of things that he needs to develop, man. And look, people, when, when this is the thing, and I feel like we need to stop doing this. When we expose or say something that a person is limited in, oh, you're a hater. No, even when people say, oh, uh, Jameis threw a whole bunch of interceptions. Look, they, they're entitled to their opinion. That don't make them a hater. They're, they're expressing facts, right? He did throw a lot of interceptions last time we seen him as a starter. When people bring up people's limitations, they don't make you a hater. They don't make like people just need to people need to stop that stuff, man. People need to stop it. Like he needs to develop. And no matter how, even with Jameis, Jameis needs to develop. 
Taysom needs to develop. Ian needs to develop. These guys need to develop to be the quarterbacks we want them to be. And here's a new flag for everybody out there, all these Saints fans. No matter who the quarterback is, you're going to see you're going to see things that you normally wouldn't see at the quarterback position. You know, I mean, it's just what it is. I, I, I think people, to my opinion, maybe I could be wrong, but I think a lot of people are looking for the quarterback that is going to throw for single-digit touch, I mean, single-digit interceptions and going to be throwing for four, 5,000 yards. I look, I don't see, me personally, I don't see any of those guys doing this, not even Jameis. I don't want to see Jameis throw for 5,000 yards. I mean, do y'all want to see that? Because, I mean, last time I checked, last time I think only Peyton Manning was the only quarterback I seen throw for 5,000-yard teammate Super Bowl. Everybody else's team would throw for 5,000 yards. That means they defense suck. So maybe y'all can help me out with this, man. I mean, do, what, what do y'all think about this? Ian Book, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, you got three quarterbacks. I mean, what, what are y'all expecting? Sam, I'm going to start with you. What, what are you expecting? Like, Looking at these three guys, uh, do you you have to believe that there's going to be some drop off in quarterback play, right? Uh, not exactly, TJ. To be honest with you, okay, I think that Jameis is going to get his bread and butter. Uh, Sean Payton is a is a he, he's kind of he's a play action coach, so mm-hmm. I believe that they're going to use that play action. Jameis has an arm that Drew B. Breeze didn't have, so they're right. going to use those opportunities to stretch out the field with Michael Thomas if he's healthy, and mm-hmm. I mean if not, they're going to drop the ball off to Elvin Kamara with the offensive line being that good and being able to move those defensive guys around, I think we're going to see a lot of good production regardless, whether it be through the air or on the ground. They're a pretty well-balanced team. So it's pretty much in Jameis's hands to, to, to make the most of the situation, the opportunity that he'll have, you know? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, look, you're using Jameis a lot. So, I mean, I, I just guess you – I mean, you pretty much said it earlier, and I, I guess we'll just, we'll just go ahead and – um you know, double down on this because of the new people that are just filing in. So you just think there is no competition. You think that is Jameis' job to lose, right? I, I mean, pretty much. I mean, and he's the logical choice, TJ. I mean, if you look at what Taysom can do, and you look at what Jameis can do, or what he, what he did do, like uh, I, I, I don't think that there is even a comparison. You know, I don't. Mm. I think that he's a clear choice, and uh, yeah, I think it's his job to lose. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I go ahead and um, I go ahead and uh, uh, give it to you, man. Looking at these three quarterbacks, I mean, do you think they're going to be a drop off? Or how, how do you see this season going, man? These three quarterbacks. I mean, I, I see Jameis Winston coming out on top. Um, like I said, they're going to play itself out during training camp, and I think it is his job to lose. But I mean, whoever becomes quarterback, I'm a Saints fan. I mean, what is he in book? Which no. Uh, if it's Winston or if it's uh, Taysom Hill, I mean, I'm a Saints fan. I'm going to roll with whoever they got back there. But uh, to pick it back up what Sam said, like I said, they got a strong uh, a strong uh, offensive line and a strong running game. Mm. Use it. Uh-huh. And every time they ever use their running game to to the tune of a, being top 10 and rushing or something like that, that, that's always been success for the Saints. The year they went to the Super Bowl, I want to say it was third in the league in rushing or something like that. When they won the Super Bowl, and every I think every season since then they've been around ten or in the top ten or something like that. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that you know I would really lean on this year. I mean, you got Murray. I mean, you got Elvin Kamara. I mean, run them boys. You got Taysom Hill. He'll come in and give you 
maybe 40 or 50 yards or something like that. So I think they, of all the years you've been, they, we, everybody's been a Saints fan. I think they really need to lean on that running game this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, they, they definitely got to lean on a running game. And I, and I talked about this. I talked about this on the last show. He, I talked about how I feel like the running game uh, is going to help Jameis Winston out. See, that's the difference. Jameis Winston never really had a good offensive line or a good running game. Nope. Even you, even when you had Doug Martin, Doug Martin was a good running back, but he was always hurt. You know, and so he was in and out of lineup. And you had coaches that wasn't really interested in running the football from Dirk Carter, um, you know, from uh, Bruce Arians. These guys aren't interested in running the football. They want to throw the ball all over the place. And yep. I feel like with that, the more the ball is in the air, y'all, y'all know this, man. The more the ball is in the air. The more likely being picked up. Exactly. So I, I think that you have to take that into account. Uh Cap Manning 2020 says Peyton probably drawing up plays for Jameis right now as we speak. Elite coaching. I agree. Yep. I agree. I definitely Peyton agree. At a, Peyton at a restaurant downtown right now. Got some <laughs> mustard and some mayonnaise and some ketchup running up plays or whatever right now. I agree. I mean, the guy never sleeps. Uh, wait a minute. Tebow was the truth in college. In the pros, he couldn't catch a break. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Look, I like Tim Tebow. I think he was a fierce competitor. I enjoy watching him uh, in college at Florida. Okay, but I think we all can agree he just was not a good quarterback, man. He just was not. Um, now, you can say because he was under a microscope, that he didn't have opportunity to develop because the thing about it was it's not like to me, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a quarterback. Okay. Just right out of my head. I don't know why I'm thinking about this guy, Jacob Eason, right? Jacob Eason uh, is, is a quarterback for the Cokes, right? Jacob Eason came from Washington. He had a big arm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people compare him to like a Drew Bledsoe type guy, big arm, robo sack type Rob Johnson type guy. Now, now, no, I'm just saying, though, but nobody really cares about if Jacob Eason pans out or not, right? I mean, he has, like, a lot of skills. A lot of people are like, well, if he does this, if he does that, he'll develop as a quarterback. So nobody's really paying that much attention. So if Jacob Eason comes out, if, if it doesn't pan out with Carson Wentz and he comes out and he balls out for Indianapolis, nobody's going to like really put him under a microscope. I feel like when it comes to – to Tim Tebow, he was just already, he was just already bound to fail because everybody was so focused on this guy. They were so focused on him that if he throws an incompletion, it was amplified. If he throws a completion, it's amplified. You know what I'm saying? If he makes a mistake, it's amplified. And I don't think they, you know, when you're when you're that type of guy, when you're that polarizing. You can't fail. Like, you can't come into the league failing. That, to me, he had almost like LeBron James, uh, Zion Williamson type hype coming into the league. And if you're not coming out there and performing at a high level, the media is ready to eviscerate you. But at the same time, you know, you still had supporters out there that just wanted to see this guy succeed just because he's a he's a really nice guy. I mean, what, what do y'all think about uh, Tim Tebow? I know this is the state of the Saints, but... I mean, what, what do y'all think about Tim Tebow? I'll start with you, Sam. Uh, I believe that maybe Tim Tebow, had he had more time to 
progressive as an NFL quarterback, then he may he he may have been a mediocre quarterback at best. You know, I believe that he had the potential. I believe he was a great athlete, but by him being thrust into that starting position like that and uh, having so many expectations, you know, I, I believe that it was no no way that he could have, you know, made everybody happy. You know, I, I mean, uh, when you brought it up, it kind of made me laugh because I remember at one point in time, everybody was T-boying. You know, he, he'd right. get on one end, you know, I mean, that thing swept the nation. Everybody did. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's like he got all the attention for the wrong reason. He was a really lovable guy, but you just wanted him to be a winner, and he wasn't giving you that. So, right. but, I mean, he didn't really get an opportunity either because it was like more like win now because that's what they expected of him. So, kind of wish you would have saw him, you know, have a few more years to develop. I think he could have, you know, maybe been a great quarterback. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, e, what do you think about that, man? Tim Tebow, uh, what do you uh, think about his career? Wasn't John Elway an executive on that Denver Broncos team when he was playing for the Broncos, or was that before John Elway? Nah, it was John Elway. Yeah. He was a- so it makes sense. I mean, maybe John Elway didn't see an, himself or enough of himself in Tim, T- in, in Tim, Tim Tebow or whatever. I mean, maybe that was the case. I mean, I, I know there's maybe, you know, a small – uh, thing with Tim Tebow, but he did win a playoff game. A lot of people don't talk about that either. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did win a playoff game, but maybe they didn't feel like they could develop him in time or whatever. Or, I mean, you know how the NFL is. I mean, look what they did to Sam Donald with the Jets. Yeah, you want to try to develop this dude or whatever, but, I mean, when you got liver cheese and, and luncheon meat in a refrigerator <laughs> instead of escargot and, 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 and steak, and ribeyes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Talent yeah. on your offense or whatever. I mean, how are you going to develop somebody when you ain't got nobody to throw to? Mm-hmm. Frank Gore was your quarterback. I mean, was your running back. So, I mean, I ought to tell you something right now. But uh, for Tebow, I, I just think in a lot of ways they didn't have a lot of patience with him. <clears throat> I think he's somebody that uh, good for the locker room. I mean, if you ever seen Tebow at Florida, if you ever seen him with Denver, the dude, he, he an emotional dude. But he emotional and he a rah rah type dude in a good way, and that's what you need in the locker room sometimes. Hmm. You know, I, I look at I look at the Denver Broncos like this. Um, first off, I, I just feel like he was Josh McDaniels' pick, right? He was he was the guy Josh McDaniels selected. Josh McDaniels was who was the head coach of the Denver Broncos at the time, wanted to make a splash, so he ended up getting Tim Tebow. And I can understand why everybody liked Tim Tebow. He's a leader. He's a nice guy. I mean, he makes you want to root for him, right? But I look at Josh McDaniel leaving, okay, and John Fox, if I'm not mistaken, being a head coach. They wanted Tim Tebow to fail. Like, they knew this guy wasn't ready. So everybody was clamoring for Tebow, all the fans and everything like that. They were clamoring for Tebow, and they wanted him to come out there and play so John Elway was like, okay, they want Tim Tebow. Let's give him Tebow and watch when he fails. Then we're going to be like, okay, we told you so. Then he ended up like winning games. You know, like, I mean, look, you can talk about Matt Prater. I mean, look, Matt Prater was the MVP of that team. He had me all them field goals he made in late game heroics. But at the same time, they were winning football games. And we all know that when teams win football games, the quarterback gets all of the credit. Don't no matter how good he played, no matter how bad he played, they're going to 
give that they're gonna find a way to get a quarterback that credit they wanted this guy to fail instead of them realizing okay man this guy isn't ready i know the fans are clamoring for tim tebow i know they want him to be on the field but he's not ready and you know like we're not going to put him on the field they you know what I'm saying they decided to put him on there because they wanted him to fail so badly so that, that's just the way that it was so if he probably would have sat on that bench and developed as a quarterback and waited his turn and he probably now i'm not saying he would have been mvp candidate or nothing or first team all pro but he definitely could have been a serviceable quarterback but you know the way the nfl is now when you're a first round draft pick man look the the organization want to see you on the field uh, i had i had rashad matthews on the show a couple uh months ago and he was talking about that he was talking about his trip in miami when he went to miami and this was during the time when you had Devontae parker and jarvis landry there and he was a guy, you know, came there. He had to, you know, you were jockeying for position. And even though he said he was tearing it up in camp, man, they were more focused on Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker because those guys were first-round draft picks. And that's yep. just the way that it goes. When you are a top draft pick, teams look at you like, okay, man, you are the guy. And they're going to put you on the field rather you're ready or not. This is a 95 where if you're a backup quarterback, you're sitting on the bench for two to three years. They want you to be out there right now yeah and that's an investment yeah. i mean they invest in you as a first round draft pick they expect for you to get out there and get that production that warns you being a first round draft pick so i understand it and yeah. these players don't get a fair shake when they come to the different coaching regimes either you know mm-hmm. the regimes they bring in the offensive players defensive players defensive coordinators offensive coordinators or whatever and a lot of times i don't think they get a fair shake as far as giving the players that's there a fair shake or whatever. Like you right. just said, you said that with Josh McDaniels quarterback. But when John Fox got there, obviously, you know, that wasn't his guy or whatever. So he immediately he's gonna look and see who fits his offense best. So that that, that that's kind of a double edged sword when you come to the NFL too. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Tedra says a uh, thing is we don't want him to get five thousand yards. We want our running game to work good enough where he don't have to throw that much. All we saying, I agree. Um, yep. You got to have a balanced attack. And I, I feel like that's something that has uh, helped the saints become successful as a franchise during those times where they have made those deep playoff runs. You have to have a balance. You, you have to have a balanced attack, man. Throwing the football all over the place, 30, 40 times a game, man, that, that ain't that ain't winning nothing. You know, I'm serious, man. Like, normally, normally when a guy throws the ball, like, 40-plus times, like, he, he's playing catch-up. Like, you need a, you need a balance, man. And, and that's something I, I hope that the Saints, going into the 2021 season, pay attention to having that balance attack, being able to have a good, you know what I'm saying, a good run-pass balance. That, that's, that is definitely what they need if they're going to try to get – Anywhere playoffs, deep playoff run, division title, you're going to need, uh, you know, you know, you're going to need that balance attack. D says, Watch me now. Deontay Harris will be undeniable, very Tariq like. So I guess he's uh, referring to Tariq Hill. Uh, Sam, uh, Deontay Harris, a big time kick returner, big time special teams player. We've seen him play a couple of times, man, at the wide receiver position, break off some runs. Uh, extreme, extremely elusive and, and a bona fide playmaker, man. What, what do you expect to see uh, him going into his third season? 
I uh, hope that we get to see him on the field a lot more. I believe he can stretch the field out a lot, uh, you know, uh, a good amount. Uh, I believe that he plays real good in the slot. I think he'll be a good ex, uh, asset for us. He kind of reminds me of a Lance Moore, but a little bit more faster, you know. So I think he'll be a good addition to the team, you know, uh, get him out there on the field a little bit more. Yeah, yeah definitely going to have to get him out on the field, man. He's a, he's a guy that's electrifying, um, a guy I feel like that when he left the game in that divisional round versus the Bucks. I mean, his his absence was definitely felt. Um, you know, him uh, breaking off a couple of those punt returns, putting the Saints in uh, in the red zone both times uh, in that Chicago Bears game. Uh, he was wide open. Taysom Hill just was a little bit late with the football. Uh, he he has opportunities, man, where he he makes plays. The only thing he that that bothers me about Deontay Harris is his stature, man. I mean, when you're like five six, five seven, hundred and seventy pounds. And you got two hundred plus pound, three hundred plus pound guys tackling you. Uh, you're more susceptible of getting injured. But uh, him as a player, I mean, he he's pretty much a lightning in a bottle, right? Yeah, he is. And he brought up Tyreek Hill. I think he can play that same exact role Tyreek Hill plays, even though he's smaller than Tyreek Hill. Uh, think about Harris uh, in that Tampa game. I mean, he was a target. He was the only one that they could not account for in that game. Which, I mean, so he had to be, you know, going out of the game, so to speak. So I really do believe that he, that Tyreek Hill role, I think he can play that role, especially with uh, Jameis Winston as being a quarterback, somebody that can actually get the ball downfield hmm. to him because he, he he's a genius at beating one-on-one coverage. I mean, I've seen him beat double coverage or whatever, just run out, run everybody. So – but he needs somebody to throw him the ball. And I think Jameis Winston, I mean, he could he could do that. But being diminutive at five foot six, Tyreek Hill is with five, eight, five, nine. So he's a full, what, three inches shorter than he is. And Tyreek Hill is kind of he's kind of compact and stocky or whatever a little bit. Look like he can take some hits. But I mean, how Harris holds up over the long term, especially if they want to play him in both ways, offense and special teams. I mean, I think that could be big for the Saints too. Well, you can't just sum up a guy by a stature, EJ. I mean, let's not forget about Darren Sproles and how valuable he was to the Saints for years. And, I mean, if you look at the size of that guy, I mean, they're about what and what. You know, Darren Sproles was maybe a little bit bigger than him. You know, but uh, I think that that as far as speed and what they can bring to the table for the team, I don't think – I think that that will actually be more beneficial for him, you know, in the long run. Yeah, I, I think that the only difference, if, if I can say it, um, would be that Deontay, Deontay Harris, I mean, he has that injury history. Darren Sproles, like, if you watch Darren Sproles play, I mean, he was such a smart football player. I mean, I, 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 I think if you look at, like, Darren Sproles is probably one of the most smartest football players you're ever going to find. Like, if, if you look at some of the plays, he, he has a way of, like, getting out of bounds, or, you know, he has that low center of gravity for the defender not to really get that good blow on him. The only thing about Deontay Harris that bothers me, it, it, uh, he's he's extremely courageous. But at times, like, I think that sometimes he can be a little bit too courageous. you got to be able to pick your battles. If you look at that, uh, that divisional game, right, not the first uh, punt return, but the second one. Honestly, it was a good play, but it should have been a fair catch. He took a shot, like a guy hit him like right in like right in the midsection. And 
You know, like I just feel like plays like that, you know, you got to just be careful. Like I just feel like Alvin Kamara does a really good job at this. You know, nobody really gets a really good blow on him. Darren Sproles was the same way. I don't know. I think if I think if you look at I think if you look at uh, Deontay Harris, I think he needs to look at footage of Darren Sproles. I think that would be beneficial to him, like by him, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, looking at Darren Sproles. I feel like Darren Sproles footage would be able to help him tremendously as a player. But I definitely agree. I mean, that's that's a good point that you made there. I mean, size shouldn't matter, but that's the only it, it. I won't say it matters, but it does bother me, man, because I just feel like it's always going to be that, you know what I'm saying, that one, he's going to be like always be one hit away from not being available. And that's something that, that I don't know if he, I don't know if he needs to gain a little bit, little bit of weight. I mean, I've seen like pictures of him, like on social media lately, seeing like he gained a little bit of weight and it's like he'd been in a weight room. So hopefully that can uh, help him uh, absorb some of those big shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it says that's real. We've been through a lot as fans. We've been through way more before Peyton. Oh, that that is definitely true. That's the understatement of the decade, right there. That is. Literally. <laughs> we gonna read a few more, man. Then we gonna get up out of here. Let's let's go with D. D says the best thing about Jameis is he's definitely uh, he definitely hates the Bucks. Saints need a Buck killer. I don't think he hates the Bucks. I don't think he hates them. I mean. Look, it's a business. It's business at the end of the day. Do I feel like he has a chip on his shoulder? Absolutely. Um, you know, a team that drafted you first pick overall decides that oh, we can find a better quarterback than you. Of course, you're gonna have that chip on your shoulder. But I don't think he hates the organization because if look, if, I, I love Jameis, but if he's a, a realist, if he's like a, a, a you know, if he's being real with himself. He has nobody to blame but himself for this situation he's in, you know, because if he would have played a little bit better or made better decisions, he probably wouldn't be in this position he's in right now. I mean, I don't feel bad for saying that because this is a guy who every time you see him, he's taking accountability for his own career. So by him taking that accountability, you know, I got to say, you know, you got to believe that, you know, if you would have played better, you wouldn't have been in this position. So I don't think he he's angry or hates the organization. I just think that he has a chip on his shoulder because they gave up on him. Uh, Sam, do you think that uh, Jameis Winston is angry and hates the Bucks organization, or do you think he just it just left him with a chip? I think it just left him with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I don't believe anybody has ever traded off a team actually you know, has any animosity toward their past team. But, you know, they always bring that extra level of competition to their team. Mm. And it just so I think it'll work out in our favor because the Buccaneers are in our division. We know we have to play them twice a year, you know, so it'll be good to see that competition. Uh, and I, I'm anxious to see what Sean what, – well, I'm anxious to see how Sean Payton use them in those matchups against the Buccaneers this year. I think it'll be some exciting football. Yeah, no doubt about that. E, um, chip on his shoulder or uh, hatred for the Bucks organization? I mean, I hope he got a chip on his sh- shoulder, like a championship. That's what I hope he carrying on his shoulder in that right arm or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't give two cents about the about the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl or being in the division. And I'm sure he don't. I mean, I hate to say it. I hate to be like this. But, I mean, they still getting American currency with, with the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? The money's still green. So, yeah. I mean, the only difference is, is the uniform. That's pretty much it. 
You're in the same league. You're in the same division. You're just playing for a different team. Yeah. But going to this year with a chip on his shoulder, especially if you get that starting gig or whatever. And uh, I think it show a lot of people something. He just, like I said, the last thing that people seen of Jameis Winston was 20 or 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns. That, yeah. That's all everybody – not the 5,000 yards that he drew for, not the over 60% completion rate that he threw for. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. That's er- that's what everybody uh, remember from Jameis Winston. So, so he, I think he has a Texas-sized chip on the show. Yeah. Randall says, uh, good show, TJ. Uh, do you think Peyton will give Murray more touches for Boom and Zoom 2.0? Boom and Zoom. Mm, look. I like the I like the uh, amount of touches that Latavius Murray have between twelve to fifteen. Um, that look, <laughs> I, I can't remember who was on the show. I want I want to say it was Mike Detier. Shouts out to Mike Detier, great guy, man. Um, you know, but he he talked a little bit about uh the business aspect. I man, I think sometimes we we forget this. This is a business, man. Look, if you got a if you got a a Lamborghini outside, right? And you got yourself, uh, I don't know, a Honda Accord, right? What you gonna like? Honestly, what what you gonna be paying most most attention to? You gonna be paying attention more to that Lamborghini that you got? Why? Because it has more value. You know, like both guys are really good. Latavius Murray is really good to me. Alvin Kamara is really good. But what's the difference, E? What's the difference, Sam? The money, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they invested more money in Alvin Kamara than they did in Latavius Murray. And in that case. Once again, like Rashad Matthews say, when you have a first round draft pick, when you're investing into these guys, you want to get bang for your buck. So, of course, they're going to find ways to use Alvin Kamara way more than Latavius Murray. It's just what it is, man. It's a cash system here. They want Alvin Kamara to succeed because they invested $50 million in him. So he's always going to have more touches than, than Latavius Murray. He's always going to be uh, more of you know more uh, involved in the offense than Latavius Murray is. Latavius Murray, like I always say, he is always the bridesmaid and never the bride. He's a really good, talented running back, but nobody really seems to give this guy credit or give this guy an opportunity. He's been good when he was with the Raiders. He was good when he was with the Vikings, and he's good when he's with the Saints. Any 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 Saints fan can tell you, okay. As far as the charisma and uh, you know and all that kind of stuff, of course you miss Mark Ingram. But as far as Latavius Murray running the football, he don't make you miss Mark Ingram as a runner. He doesn't. Not to me. I mean, Sam, what do you think about that, man? Latavius Murray, and, and what do you think about you know him not getting those opportunities? Do you see a, a uptick in his in his uh in his carries? I think that there will be uh, just to take the workload off of Jameis a little bit this 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 year. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you can, I mean, if you really think about it, some of the, the best Saints football, or some of the best seasons the Saints have had, is when they've had that one-two punch at the at the running back. So if, I, I believe if they can get some cohesion back there in the backfield, you know, and find a way to split those touches, you know, you have two totally different kind of backs. You know, Murray being more of a power back, uh, uh, Kamara being more of a, like a scat back, one of those more elusive rabbit type guys mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of power on the back end too. I, I believe that uh, they can do really well together. Okay. I mean, I, I think, look, regardless, you, you're going to need to run a football. New quarterback, learning a new system. You got to have yourself a decent defense, and you definitely got to have a, an ability to run a football. 
E, do you see an uptick? Uh, Latavius Murray, more carries? Do you see about the same as he had last year? What, what do you see for the future of Latavius Murray? I mean, yeah, I see him having more carries this year because I think the Saints going to run more this year. Um, one thing I hope that they do with Latavius Murray is when he's getting hot in the game, like when he's getting yards, I'm talking about like five plus 10 yards here, 15 yards. Like, keep him in the game. I mean, I know you won't feed that Ferrari or whatever. You won't give him that good gas. Man. You won't give him that expensive oil change and whatnot. But uh, feed this man when he when he hot. I mean, you don't take out Michael Jordan. and Michael Jordan on fight. If he got 45 points, you're going to take him out of the game when he hot? Dude, no. to hit like eight buckets in a row, you ain't going to take him out. No. So, I mean, if he gets hot, like if he's running the ball effectively, getting these yards, I mean – Keep him in the game, but I, I do, I do think he's gonna have more. I see the dude having like maybe over 150, almost 200 carries next year. To be honest with you, hmm. 200 hmm. might be kind of high, but I can see him at least getting over 150. Well, I, I look at okay, I look at it, I look at it more like this example, e right? Um, you know, I used to be a, a, a Sacramento Kings fan, right? So it's like to me, it's like Mike Bibby was the starter, right? Mike Bibby was the starter. And coming off the bench, you had Bobby Jackson, okay? Mike Bibby leaves the game. Bobby Jackson comes in. Bobby Jackson scores 10, 12 uh, straight points. So you're going to take Bobby Jackson out of the game, and you're going to replace him uh, with Mike Bibby? Probably not. You're not going to do that, okay? I mean, that's just the way, that's just the way that it, it goes, man, you know. But hopefully, man, you see both guys because they're both uh, extremely talented players. Uh, Deontay Bell, thank you very much for the 999. Says, I think it's Dwayne Washington time to break out, uh, to keep uh, bringing him back. So they obviously see something, and the chances he got in blowouts and stuff like that, uh, he shows out. Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> Dwayne Washington, I think he's a very talented special teams player. Okay, he's a very talented special teams player. All right, you know, but um. I mean that that's just the way I see it. Uh, Dwayne Washington, E, what do you what do you think about him, man? You see Dwayne Washington possibly getting some playing time. I mean, he might get playing time, not so much on offense. I mean, <laughs> maybe to spell Murray and Kamara. He could really have to show something to get some some PT on offense, though. If they get, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just some guys that they just they they're gonna use on a uh, special teams. Like, he just one of those guys. I mean, when yeah. they, you always see Callaway. You always see uh, uh, the other big receiver that we have. You always see the the big receiver. Juan that we Johnson. Have. Yeah. Juan Johnson. I don't know if we still got Ty Montgomery either. Do we still have? Yeah, him? we still got. They signed. They resigned so, him. Yeah. So I think you see Ty Montgomery before you see Dwayne Johnson though. Uh, I think he's probably going to be more on special teams. You'll see Ty Johnson. I mean Ty Montgomery before you see him. Okay. Ty Montgomery actually ran. Didn't he run for almost hundred yards one game that we that we played? So yeah, 109 yards. Denver, yeah. Something like that. 109 yards. 109 yards. So, Tom yeah. Montgomery, I mean, this is a guy. He, he's a he's a multiple guy. Came out of Stanford. He was a wide receiver. Got switched to running back. So, you know, you got the more wide receiver skills. Yeah. I think he's kind of versatile. I think you should probably use him as running back or as like a wide receiver. Yeah. Because coming out of college, I mean, this dude was a beast. But it seemed like he just gained weight yeah. to be a running yeah. back. But uh, I think you'll see more Ty Montgomery than uh, Dwayne Washington this year. Yeah. Sam, what do you think about Dwayne Washington uh, getting some playing time? I believe that he'll still be, you know, beneficial to us on special teams. 
But uh, I don't I don't see him getting much, much playing time other than that. Okay. Oh yeah, and uh, he, you said uh, instead of Dwayne Washington, you said Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Dwayne oh, Johnson is I'm, I'm is the most the, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, and uh, Dwayne Washington most electrifying man on special teams. <laughs> we yeah, we don't want we don't want him on special teams. Don't run it back. <laughs> and me, that boy, I, we at my bad. <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. And finally, we have a uh, watch me now. Says yes, Ty came in uh, the running back room. When all of them had COVID and he did good. Yeah, he did. He, he rushed for 109 yards like uh, EJ alluded to. Uh, had a really good solid game. Definitely needed him and uh, he, he definitely answered the bell. But I want to say thank you to everybody that checked in and uh, checked out the State of the Saints podcast. I want to say thank you uh, to my brothers, uh, EJ and uh, Sam, uh, being a part uh, of the State of the Saints podcast. Man, thank you all so much uh, for uh, spending time uh, in the uh, Answer some of these questions in front of Who That Nation. I know they enjoyed you all, and uh, go ahead and give you all, you know, the final uh, your final thoughts. Uh, what do you all think uh, about the Saints going into the twenty twenty one season? Sam, I will start with you. What What are you expecting uh, from the Black and Gold? Um, I'm expecting uh, maybe a team that's not as high powered as we're used to seeing, but I, I expect to see a well balanced uh, team, mm-hmm. a team in the process of rebuilding. Um, but I, I still expect to see a winning team. I think that we're going to be shocked by what the Saints can do this year. Yeah. Uh, e, final thoughts, man. Saints going to the 2021 season. Uh, what do you think about them, man? I mean, I think they're still a playoff team as far as the roster, as far as what they got on talent. But they got a lot of teams that could be playoff teams as far as rosters and talent, but don't mm-hmm. make the playoffs. So, I think if the Saints went in and did the work that they're supposed to do, uh, has been doing, and take that up a notch, I, I, I just think that they have to get up higher because a lot of people, a lot of people expecting them for them to fail. So while they might have a playoff roster, the playoff talents, and all of that kind of stuff, I think they're gonna have to bring it because they're gonna really be behind the eight ball this year. I think. Yeah, definitely. They're definitely going to have to bring it. And uh, but I expect for the Saints to uh, you know, pick up where they left off last season. Yes, uh Drew Brees will be missed. It's hard for you to uh, make up for an all-time great first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. There's a lot of leadership in that locker room. There's a lot of guys that have been with this team through some of the worst times and some of the worst defeats. So it's time for these younger guys who were young back in 2017 to step up, be those leaders that we know they can be. And I guarantee you that the Saints should be there uh, towards the end. But once again, thank you both so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. E, uh, I know you have your podcast, Pick Six Blog World. Go ahead and plug that real quick before, you know, we we, we uh, sign off. As always, you can hit me up at uh, Pick Six Blog World uh, at uh, Instagram, at Twitter. I have a Facebook page also. You can also hit me up on uh, Anchor.fm, uh, Amazon Music iPhone, uh, Spotify, and about five other ones, which I forget the name of. But uh, Beep uh, Bluetooth with a string. Yeah, exactly. Dixie cup with a string on the on the <laughs> two way <laughs> pager. <laughs> yeah, I'm at the right now and put in my wallet or something like that. <laughs> Pay phone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, usually I come up with uh stuff like Message maybe like pigeon. once a week or whatever. I want to kind of make more stuff. Uh, each week but uh yeah that's that's me yeah yeah and uh sam man once again man thank you uh so much for being a part of the memorial day edition of state of saints podcast thank you so much for your service man i mean doing three tours of iraq definitely 
an American hero to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure Emmanuel, you know, EJ alludes to that as well, yes, man. Sir. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. We love you. And uh, thank you so much for being part of the show, man. It was fun as hell, man. Anytime I can get my, my two brothers on the show, man, talk Saints football to me, it, it means a lot to me, man. Thank you, Sam. Hey, no problem, man. I love y'all boys and I love talking football, man. And hopefully yeah. we do something good this year. Yeah, man. Hopefully we do, man. Hopefully uh, we don't have any of those bad days when we was on Grandmama Flow, you know what I'm saying? Rolling all over the flow. <laughs> hopefully we ain't roll over that furnace. Y'all know what I'm talking about in that day. <laughs> <laughs> in December, that thing was hot, boy. <laughs> hey, hey, a, a real talk, though. Before we go, hey, y'all remember we used to melt those, uh, that Play-Doh on that thing, man? Yeah. yeah, that thing used to be shanked, <laughs> Play-Doh, crayons, all that kind of stuff. We used to be dropping Play-Doh and, and crayons in that thing, man. Hey, Grandma and them going to kill us, man. They see this show. But anyway, thank <laughs> you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search The State of the Saints podcast. Also on Facebook.com. Search The State of the Saints podcast. Before you leave, go ahead and give your boy a thumbs up. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, State of the Saints podcast, once again brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints, all one word, all lowercase letters. Save 20% off on Manscaped items. Once again, Manscaped.com, free international shipping available. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?